The truth of God's Word is under attack. Why? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. The Word of God is what the church ought to be proclaiming. The church is the last bastion. It's the last hill that the world desires to conquer. They want to shut our mouths. Why? Because they don't want to hear the Word of God. Because it exposes the wickedness of our day. And it promotes righteousness. And it is righteousness that exalts the nation. But the world doesn't want to hear that. But we're going to preach it anyway. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, you are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Remember the TV series Mission Impossible? Today on The Dwelling Place, we'll study a seemingly impossible mission that starred a man named Titus. Welcome to The Dwelling Place with pastor and author Al Pittman. At the present time, we're making our way through the book of Titus, and in the first chapter, we read of a tough task given to Titus. But this mission was possible through the power of Almighty God. False prophets existed in that day just as they do in our day. But the question is, how do we respond to them? Here's Pastor Al. Paul lists here three areas in which the pastor must be blameless or must be accountable. Use that word accountable. The first one is stewardship. He is to be blameless over the functionality and the finances of the church. Every year we do a a financial uh, review by an outside agency, and we've always passed with an A+. And so there must be integrity in the finance and integrity also in the functionality of the ministry. We're not a perfect church, but we always strive to do ministry with excellence. And so a pastor uh, must be a good steward over the things of the church. He also, secondly, must be uh, accountable in the area not only of stewardship, but of his conduct. And uh, in regard to conduct, Paul provides what I call five knots and seven Gods. Five knots, seven gods. Well, isn't that profound? Amen. But there are five things that he should not do. He should not be self-willed. He should not be quick-tempered. He should not be given to wine, that is, drinking wine in excess. He should not be violent. He should not be greedy for money. And a lot of times we see these things displayed by so-called pastors late at night after midnight on TV asking for your money. Be careful. Greedy for money. But what he should have, what he's got to have, seven things, he needs to be um, hospitable, given the hospitality. He should be a lover of what is good, sober-minded, a mind at peace with God. Just, caring about that which is just in the eyes of God. Holy. What does it mean? You mean holy? He's like God or, you know, oh, you know. No. To be holy, Hebrews chapter 12 says God disciplines those that he loves so that we might partake with him in his holiness. That's interesting. What does that word holiness mean? I looked it up. It means God's character, God's nature. God doesn't want you to just know about him. He wants you to be a part of him. He wants you to to hate the things that he hates and love the things that he loves. He wants us to be a partaker of his nature. And so the pastor needs to be a partaker of the nature of God. He needs to be holy. And he needs to be self-controlled. And then holding fast to the faithful word. Amen. 
His character matters. His conduct matters. I know what politicians, they say character doesn't matter. It matters with God. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 says, Remember those who rule over you who have, speaking of pastors, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, if he's preaching one thing, but he's living another thing, then, you know, don't follow him. But follow those whose faith follow. And again, not somebody who's perfect, but someone who believes in what they're preaching, whose faith follows his message. Character matters. The third area, and I just mentioned it in those, those seven gots, but the third area that I want to mention of, of accountability is the Word of God. And this is so important because there's a lot that's being preached from the pulpits of America today that is not the Word of God. And I hear people tell me this. I think, man, I need to get out more. But I have people come, not all the time, but have from time to time said, thank you for preaching the Word. I'm going, well, what else am I going to do? Tap dance? I mean, what am I going to, you know, entertain people? Hey, you know. Thank you for teaching the Word. Just going through the Word. Tell us what the Word says. You know, what, you know the church we go to, they, they don't do that. I'm like, what? What is he doing? The under shepherd, the, the, the pastor, the bishop, the elder must hold fast to the Word. It's the third thing. Accountable in the area of holding fast to the, word, to the word of God. Hold fast to the word. That phrase, hold fast, in verse 9 is so important because if, if a pastor doesn't hold fast, he will not last. He will soon begin to preach and to operate in the wisdom of this world and that which is so-called knowledge. He'll become wrapped around the axle of the issues of his day at the expense of the word of God. And his message will be on social issues and all of this rather than on the Savior. Hold fast to the word that you've been taught. You want to be relevant or relevant in this age and pastors are trying to be relevant or trying to be cool and, you know. I know years ago at a pastor's conference, a guy was rebuking guys. Was, hey, you're trying to be cool and all these pastors were wearing skinny jeans. Now, I'm skinny, so when I wear jeans, they're just skinny jeans. Amen. <laughs> but some pastors, you know, big old belly hanging out, you know, got skinny jeans on. Dude, you're 50. Amen. Trying to be relevant. You want to be relevant? Teach the word. Teach the word of God. The Greek word for holding fast is very interesting. It is the Greek word antecho. Antecho. You got to say for the C-H in Greek, amen. Don't try it now. You might spit on the person next to you. <laughs> but, but it means, listen to this, to hold before or against, against the onslaught of wickedness in the world, to hold back the influence of the devil, to withstand the social norm, godless social norms of our day, and to endure. How can we endure if we will not hold fast to the word of God. Amen? How can this congregation continue, endure, if it's not holding fast to the word of God? I'm so blessed that we have pastors on staff, and my son and others, who teach the word when I'm not here. 
because it is what will keep this congregation long after I'm gone. Amen. You will be able to endure. Thus, I believe that the greatest weapon we can deploy against the wickedness of our day is the word of God. It's the greatest weapon. It is not new legislation, and I'm for new legislation or whatever, but the word of God is what the church ought to be proclaiming. The church is the last bastion. It's the last uh, uh, hill that the world desires to conquer. They want to shut our mouths. Why? Because they don't want to hear the word of God. Because it exposes the wickedness of our day. And it promotes righteousness. And it is righteousness that exalts the nation. But the world doesn't want to hear that. But we're going to preach it anyway. Hold fast to the word. Amen. Apart from the word of God, a pastor cannot be a good watchman on the wall. Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 17 and 19. God rebuked the priest in that day in the Old Testament because they were not good watchmen on the wall. They had abandoned their post. They would not warn the people about the impending judgment that was coming. They were t- taking their ease. They were A-W-O-L, you know, away without leave. <laughs> and the Lord said, because you've been unfaithful as a watchman on the wall, their blood will be on your hands. Every pastor in America needs to hear that. If you don't preach the whole counsel of God's word, their blood will be on your hands. And God, the chief shepherd, will require an accounting. He can't be a good watchman on the wall. He cannot be a good spiritual dietitian. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, the Bible says, And they shall, the Lord says, speaking of those priests and and those who should shepherd his people, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. There are believers who don't even know, you know, uh, uh, what's clean and unclean. They bring things into the church, you know, the ideologies and, and, and philosophies of this world and of this day into the house of God. And when the pastor says it's wrong and he calls a sin, they're offended. And it's because they don't know the word, what is clean and what is unclean. And so we're going to keep preaching the word so that you can discern what is clean and unclean in this world. They embrace what's socially acceptable in our day. They're part of the cancel culture. And they won't speak the truth. And, and you know, if you say something about that, Pastor, you know, you don't, Pastor, don't say that. You, you might offend somebody. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. Did you hear me? He said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to jack folks up. Amen. He came to bring a sword so that people will know the difference between darkness and light, that their souls might be saved. That's one of the most common misrepresentations we see in churches today. Jesus was just a peace-loving dude who loved everyone and just wanted us all to get along with each other. Pastor Al will be right back with more from Titus chapter 1. COVID-19, runaway inflation high prices for gas and food. Are you feeling overwhelmed today? Would you like someone to pray for you? We would count it a real blessing to be able to do that. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org.
and thanks for remembering the dwelling place in your prayers as well. Teaching the Word as the truth, the absolute truth, is the most important part of a pastor's job description. Here's Pastor Al with more from Titus 1. The pastor needs to preach the whole council so that the people can know the difference between that which is clean and unclean. So important. And the pastor also needs to hold fast to the word. Why? Because it's sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. In verse 9, he says, this sound doctrine, you're able by sound, if you hold fast to the word, then you're able by sound doctrine to uh, exhort and to convict those who contradict. That word exhort, uh, it means to comfort people, to encourage them and all. And the word convict, it means to convince, to rebuke, or to reprove, or to reprimand. Not in the authority, not in the pastor's authority, but in the authority of the word. And we'll talk more about authority next week. But that word sound, sound doctrine, sound, healthy, whole, doctrine, instructions. Instruction in what? In the word of God. The pastor doesn't convict people. I might add, the Holy Spirit does. But when you share the word of God, the Holy Spirit is unleashed on people. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is sent into the world to convict men of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Amen. These things are the qualifications and the attributes, or uh, um, if you will, of the pastoral office that Paul is giving uh, us here. Now, next week, again, this is, this is part um, one. We're going to go to part two. We're going to talk about the authority. The authority uh, of the pastoral call. And we all have authority, amen? We have authority in Jesus' name. Every believer, authority over the enemy. Well, the pastor has authority in the church. Not tyrannical authority, but loving authority to edify and build the church up, amen? We'll talk about that some more next week. But in conclusion... To set things in order begins with leadership. God always starts with the leadership. A mist, as the saying goes, in the pulpit is a fog in the pew. That's why he starts with leadership. If the pastor don't know what he's talking about, how can you expect the people to know what's right and what's wrong? Amen. So I love the Word of God because the Word of God basically supports the Word of God. It confirms the Word of God. And the things I share with you, my, 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 my heart's desire is to make sure that it's backed up by God's Word. It's not man-made philosophy, but it comes from the Word of God. And I love teaching through the Word because I, I, it keeps me off of my soapbox. I love topical messages. I, I love to teach topical messages on different things, and, and that's, we do that here from time to time. But I love going through the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, the Lord said he would feed his people. And that's what we do. That's why we go through the text like this, like, you know, it keeps me from, off my soapbox, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's easy. Some of these pastors get an attitude about something, you know, and I want to preach about people not coming to church, you know. <laughs> And start slamming people and all this, you know. I've got to be careful, you know. As we go through the word of God, not going through my, you know, pet peeves. But what does 
the Lord say. Amen? So God starts in the pulpit. He starts with, his, with the leadership that they would be on point, on message, holding fast to the word of God. At the airport, those guys who direct planes in, I wanted to find out what the term was for those people who direct planes. And uh, they're called marshallers. Now, I had a guy come up to me after the last service. says, they call them ramp rats. And I'm not calling them a ramp rat. <laughs> you know, guys, but, but they're called marshallers, especially for those in the military, those who are landing planes and all. And, um, but a marshaller is interesting, the definition for a marshaller. The main task of a marshallers or of marshallers is to stand in a prominent area and to not endanger the aircraft. And I thought pastors are marshallers, directing the plane, the church, safely to the gate, amen, to Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Our job is not to direct people to us. I'm so glad that when I'm not here, that the, again, the word continues to go out. Because this will never be a personality worship church. Amen? We're not here to worship the personality. We're here to worship the Savior. Amen? So indeed, the pastor's job, every believer's job, is to point people to the good shepherd. We may be under shepherds, but he's the good shepherd. Amen? He alone is our daily sustenance and our future hope. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times you find folks who've been offended by a pastor or hurt by somebody in the church and go, oh, I don't go to church anymore. Is it? Yeah, but have you done what Pontius Pilate did? Have you considered Jesus? And when you consider him, you find no fault in this man. You find no fault in him. You can find fault in Pastor Al. You can find fault in the church. Any church you go to, you find fault. But your eyes ought to be on Jesus, not the under-shepherd, the good shepherd, on Jesus Christ. He's the one who sustains us. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 10. He says, I am the door, or another translation says, I am the gate. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. I like that. He's speaking in the terms of that day, which they, the shepherds understood, the, 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 the pen where they would pin the sheep up at night, you know, had one door, in and out. You couldn't go in any other way. And you go in and out, they, he, the shepherd would lead the sheep out to, to graze, to, to eat, and then at night, of course, bring them back into the fold. But Jesus is saying, I'm the door. You, you have to come through me. And he goes on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When we were in Israel and we went to the shepherd fields uh, in Bethlehem where David, you know, looked over the sheep and went as, a, as a young boy, as a young man. And the gentleman was explaining to us, our, one, our, our guide, and that look at the fields. Because you know, when you think of you know, the, the shepherd fields, you think of rolling green hills like in England or something, right? And not so. In Jerusalem, there's a little plot of grass and a bunch of rocks, a plot of grass, a bunch of rocks. But the shepherd leads the sheep out, the sheep out to the grass because the shepherd knows where the good grass is. And so Jesus, on a daily basis, wants to lead us out. And then he leads us back in. He knows, as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because my Lord knows 
what will sustain me. He knows where the grass is. He leads me beside still waters. Amen. The shepherd knows, the good shepherd knows where the water is. He knows where you can be refreshed and what refreshes your soul. You, you see the picture there? So Jesus is a good shepherd on a daily basis, but he's also a good shepherd when it comes to our everlasting hope. I want to read as we close here um, what Jesus said about himself being the good shepherd in John chapter 14. In verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Amen. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's you and me. And if I go away and prepare a place, here's his promise, a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Again, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As I thought about that, it really blessed my soul because it's like you, when I watch that last flight from Kabul Airport in Afghanistan take off, leaving U.S. citizens waving their passports locked behind a gate, my heart sank. I thought I'd never in my lifetime see America turn its back on its citizens. Then I began to think, praise God, because Lord, Jesus is coming soon. He's going to come in his own C-17. And he promised to come get us. And, and he is going to not leave one citizen of heaven behind. Amen? Because political promises may fail us, but he is the good shepherd. Amen? That's a hope that we can hold on to no matter what you're going through. He said, don't be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If I go away, I'll, I'll come back again for you. If it was not so, I wouldn't even mention it. But it's true, and you can hold fast to that promise. He's our daily sustenance as the good shepherd. He is our eternal sustenance as our eternal hope. And he is coming again for his sheep, for his people. This has been The Dwelling Place, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages and our current series in the Book of Acts with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy the dwelling place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of the dwelling place? We really need your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 
1-800-242-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us next time for another study in the book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 